Welcome to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast with your hosts, John Couture and Sierra Couture. We all have daddy issues. Harsh just comes with an extra helping of blood and gore. Welcome back to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm the original Bad Dad himself and your host, John Couture. And I'm your co-host, Sierra Couture. Well, Sierra, we did it. We're here back for episode number two, the sequel as you were. And it's only fitting that we have our first sequel in the book because sequels are a huge part of horror franchises, as you yeah. will soon find out. And actually, today we're going to talk about two films. One is the sequel of the first film, so that's also pretty topical. How are you doing this week? Do you have a pretty good week, Sierra? Yeah. Are you ready to go? Well, it's Monday, so the week week hasn't been going on for very long. That's true. Is your Monday good, though? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, just to give you a little bit of recap of what exactly we're trying to do in the accomplish of this podcast, Sierra is 10 years old. She's recently become a fan of horror films and other properties of horror uh, mostly, mostly because of the uh, the TV series Stranger Things, and like you, if you're a parent out there with kids around the same age in the tween years, Stranger Things is really popular, and it probably has piqued their curiosity to get into more horror-type properties. Well, as you know, it could be a hard and scary process to go through and to determine what films are actually appropriate for kids, so I decided to take it upon ourselves to go through this journey to give Sierra a education, if you will, into the origins of horror. And to kind of go over and see how it's placed in, it has its place in society and over the course of film history, so that eventually, when she wants to watch other horror films, she knows where she, you know, where the origins come from, where what films all these later directors are making homages to. So that's what we try to accomplish. And every week, we'll talk about one or two or three films, whatever it may be. They may be loosely connected. They may not be. We'll see where it goes. And today's episode, we are actually going to get into. A favorite genre of mine, the zombie horror film. I'm going to talk about a couple of films from George Romero. Well, you used to really be scared here. Johnny. You're still afraid. Stop it now. I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. Look, they're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. First up, we're going to talk about Night of the Living Dead, a 1968 film directed by George A. Romero. This film is considered by many to be a pivotal point in horror. It's sort of like the modern horror film uh, got its start. And a lot of the horror that came after it that marked the 70s and 80s was a really a huge period of time for horror got its start in this 1968 film. And George Romero really did a did a number on um, the whole genre of horror as well as zombies. All right, Sarah, what did you think? Off the bat, what did you think of Night of the Living Dead? I liked it. Really, I really, really liked it. Even though it was in black and white, you really, really liked it? Yes, even though it was in black and white, I really, really liked it. Well, off the top, let me ask you a question, Sarah. You're 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a bad dad. We mm-hmm. think we've established that because I'm letting you watch horror films. But no, I'm not, not a bad dad. I'm not a monster, though. I'm not, it's not like I, out of the womb, I'm like, all right, let's get you up some slasher films and blood and guts. You know, and we're, we're I want to watch slasher films. We'll get there eventually. 
but you know, one of the things that always struck me is 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 uh, when you were about two or three years ago, we were watching. I think it was the zombie TV series on Disney. Um, that crazy zombies. You <laughs> I don't and, like that series. I understand. Anymore. That's fine. You don't have to like it. I'm just using it as an analogy here. But you and Gavin, who's a couple years younger than you, both knew exactly what zombies were, and we certainly didn't tell you what zombies were. How did you find out what a zombie was, Sierra? From. It hurts me to say it. It's okay. From zombies. Zombies? Is that the first exposure you had to no. zombies? No. Well, you no. knew what a zombie was. You knew it was a person who was undead, crazed brain. I don't know how I knew it. It just. It was born. part of the cultural zeitgeist that you were born into, and oh, and uh, other people at school. Other people at school. See, people see they're you out there. Kids are learning this stuff in school. So even why though not? I hate the zombie series, sure. from zombies one to zombies three, it did talk tell me what zombies were, but like it, it's not that accurate. So no, definitely, certainly not accurate, but. You know, you can kind of see now that we go through some of these early films, you kind of see where they came, that they came from. Interesting. Uh, let's ask you a trivia question, okay? Mm, be ready for this question. How many times is the word zombie used in Night of the Living Dead? Wait, that's super hard. Wait. Are you going to Google it and tell me if they're... No, I know the answer. How do you know the answer? Did you Google it before? Not, maybe I'm just very smart and I'm born like this. I know. Uh. Did you, like, while I was at climbing, did you Google it? I didn't have to Google. I know the answer to this question. Just answer the question, here. How many times is the word zombie? Just guess. Thirteen. Thirteen. <clears throat> we really need to get a Twenty-seven. No. Higher the, or lower? Tell me. Definitely lower. The number of times zombie... Eight. Is, no. Lower? The number of times zombie is said in the movie is actually zero. A big goose egg. Not once they use the term zombie. In fact, George Romero himself didn't really consider himself a zombie filmmaker. He considered zombies to be more the voodoo variety of uh, mm-hmm. people that are used and um, have dust and, and, and are altered by chemicals. They're, they're zombies in that they're living, but they're you know they're under the control of other people by this this uh, dust. So actually, he always referred to his films as undead ghouls. Never once does he in his films refer to them as zombies. But he completely overhauled and changed the horror as a as a, a general and zombie films in particular. And he never once or even considers his films to be zombie films. But yet here we are, and and for all intents and purposes, his of the dead series of films are zombie films. All right, let's get a little bit into the film Night of the Living Dead. First of all, uh, you see, you might notice it was a very much an independent film. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of Hollywood. It wasn't a lot of big, grandiose sets. It was uh, primarily a couple of sets set in a cemetery for a bit and then a farmhouse. And it was, you know, a lot of guerrilla filmmaking techniques that George Romero and company learned while they're doing uh, commercials and other things in, in, uh, around the outskirts of Philadelphia in those, in those days in the 60s. What did you feel about the horror aspect of the film? Did you think it was gory enough for no. you? No. Really? It was not that gory at all. Okay. One, you can't see the blood because it's a different color. One, was there any, any even any blood? There was a little bit of blood, uh, especially when, uh, or, spoiler alert, when or, uh, Karen kills her mother in the basement with a spade. There's some blood that gets on the wall you can kind of see. Oh, There's some yeah. other blood that goes through. But none of the uh, cannibalism where the zombies are eating, or I'm sorry, the undead ghouls are eating their, no. their, their, their eating nope. scary. That's interesting because 
The uh, fun fact about uh, Night of the Living Dead is that it came out in 1968, about a month before the Motion Picture Association of America started rating pictures in films. Like right now, you know, they have rated PG or G or R, the rating system that you're familiar with, Sierra. That didn't exist back then. So this film actually came out to theaters, and it was playing in afternoon matinees, and kids as young as six, seven, eight years old were buying tickets to this thing, going in and watching this film, and becoming traumatized. Really? Yeah. Traumatized because of it? It is, and it, it, it caused a bunch of outcry from theater owners and parents who thought that the this film was so gory and so grotesque that they were giving their kids nightmares, and that they were they leading to gory? the... Yeah, they did. They thought it was leading to the moral decay of the six country. Six-year-olds as of today. Might not think it's that gorgeous. That's true. I mean, but things have changed. And, and partly because of this film, things have changed over the intervening 40, 50 years that have gone by since this film was released. That, you know, things that you think aren't as gory now were definitely big time gore back then. This is the really, this is kind of why, you know, Night of the Living Dead changed the whole way we look at horror because it was considered as time to be very gory and showed a lot of, of especially the cannibalism scenes where they're eating, you know, body parts and flesh that this is something they wasn't seen before a lot before then before night of the living dead a lot of the films that were shown you know kind of hid that in shadows or kind of hinted at it but didn't really show it so this is kind of the first film that kind of lets you go down that route where you can kind of get a feel for what real violence is and it kind of led to um the 70s uh we'll get into here in in a bit for you um, the little subgenre horror, like the splatter horror, which is really just focused on blood and gore, which I know is something you really want to get into, although at 10 years old, I'm going to try to hold back as much no. as I can. No? No? Okay. She's spoken. Well, that's that's what it is. Um, so, again, uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1968 film from George Romero, black and white. Yeah. It was um, a, a, one other interesting thing. It was released in 1968, which you may not know because you're a little young, but the ni- late 60s, 1960s, was a a period of cultural change in the country. We were in the midst of fighting Vietnam. Yeah. And there was all the peace hippies and the, the movement for, you know, make love, not war. Uh, peace I movements. I know this. We learned this. You learned this, right. So, um, you know, it's also one of the films, Night of the Living Dead, uh, is also one of the films to first feature prominently in the lead role an African-American actor, which up until this point... They you know, African American actors weren't featured in lead roles many times, so it was really groundbreaking from that perspective. Um, and I they, noticed that. I I think um, wasn't the birds in Psycho before Night of the Living Dead? Uh, Night of the Living Dead came out in yes, it, Night of the Living Dead was 1968. The birds in Psycho were 1960 for Psycho, 1963 for the birds. So I noticed that in Psycho and the Birds, there were not any African-American actors. Mm-hmm. But then in um, Night of the Living Dead, which is at least 1968, yep. um, they had more African-American actors. Yep. In fact, the, the main actor, the lead, uh, Ben, character was played by Dwayne Jones. who was His a name con- is Ben? In the film, yep. I never heard them say Ben. Well, his name is Ben. Maybe you do some research like Daddy does some research. Bad Dad does research. Maybe is that how you found out that the zombies? I, You know, sometimes I just been born with this Nate knowledge. I know it confuses you as your father, but sometimes I am born with Nate knowledge. <laughs> and always remember, Google and Wikipedia are your friends, people. I knew you Googled it. You did, you. I knew it. Maybe. I don't know. 
Um, so it was, it, you know, it was an interesting film. Um, it, it was, it was a fun film. Yeah. One other thing we, we need to talk about before we let go of Night of the Living Dead, and, and this is fun from my perspective for what I do for a living, uh, being in home entertainment distribution, is that the, the, the original Night of the Living Dead, they did a, they kind of screwed up when they released it. Back in the day, in order to have copyright for any film that was publicly, uh, showcased, in order to maintain copyright on that film after it's released, you have to mark it as being copyrighted in the mm-hmm. film. You can see that today. We go through the credits, you'll see copyright all on there. Well, oh. the distributor was making cuts, and they changed the title of the film from Night of the Flesh Eaters to Night of the Living Dead. And when they the original titles card for Night of the Flesh Eaters had the copyright notice on there, but when they changed the title, the, 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 the distribution company just put Night of Living Dead, and they took out the copyright notice by accident. So once the film was released, the film went into the public domain, which means anyone can release it. It means that George Romero and the company, the producers behind it, didn't retain the rights to the film. So that's why you see so many films on, like, different services that say, Mm -hmm. like, something of the living dead, return of the living dead. Yes, and Dawn, dusk of the living dead. That's great. Well, there's the, the the this film has definitely spawned many sequels and 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 uh, remakes and 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 um, and you know films based on uh, films because it's it is in the public domain, so people can take Night of the Living Dead and do whatever they want with it, basically because it is in the public domain. But it's um, it's it's also interesting enough though. It was also one of the one of the most successful films, profit wise, at the time. It was made for about a hundred thousand dollars, which was quite a bit of money, a little bit of money back in the nineteen late nineteen sixties. But it made over twenty five million dollars at the box office between international and domestic, which is about two hundred fifty thousand two hundred fifty times its initial price that it nice. cost to make. So it makes it one of the most profitable films, uh, definitely one of the most profitable horror films ever released. And uh, it's just an interesting thing. So, so again, uh, George Romero made the, made this film, and then um, in, in he's gone back and actually made six films total of the dead zombie films from Romero. Really? Yes, indeed. Wait, are they all sequel? Are they all sequels? Well, they're all sequels of one another. They're all in the same series of the dead. Correct. Why did we only watch two then? Well, because you can't watch six films and talk about six films. Yes, we can. We can have a special episode that's long. Well, this allows us to make more episodes. If we go back and revisit, the we can have a special. Long we can episode. do a special long episode, or we can go back and do, and and do other films. And and you know, I'm gonna. I don't spoil alert for you, Sierra. But as it, the general rule of thumb is, as sequels go up, the quality goes down. So after you get past the first couple films in a series. You told me about that already, but yeah. I'm wondering, since you went to solid in theaters, mm-hmm. like Scream 6 billion? 6 billion. <laughs> there have only been six Scream movies as of this recording. Not 6 billion, but go ahead. Um, Is the 6, is Scream still good? Because you went and saw like the 6th one, in, mm-hmm. like the 6,000th one in theaters, so... We did go see the 6th one in theaters, and it was really good. So there is, uh, there's always... Um, exceptions to the rule and i think the scream franchise would certainly be one although the next scream film unfortunately uh does not have nev campbell in the cast but you know that's further down the line we can talk about that when we get to scream scream seven they're making a scream six bleed seven yes there's another scream movie that's filming currently as we're recording this are they gonna how many scream movies are they gonna make as many as people are willing to pay for 
That's how it works. They're going to get up to six billion. Maybe. They are going to get up to six billion, and then what I said here would not be wrong. <laughs> oh, that's very true. All right. Well, let's move on to the second film that we watched this week, and it was the sequel to Night of the Living Dead. They're still here. They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumbo? Voodoo. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. Used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. A decade later, George Romero went back to the drawing board and with his zombies, or undead ghouls as he called him, made a film, Dawn of the Dead, 1978, directed by George A. Romero. And this one is in color, so Sierra's happy. She likes films in color. Uh, it's also much. It's also a more modern take. Um, yeah. While the while the classic Night of the Living Dead certainly you know is a classic in terms of what it did in, in that genre, this one is an interesting um, movement of the of the genre of horror and zombies where you're not the people aren't stuck in a farmhouse small location. You're now stuck in a mall for intents and purposes. And it's a much larger location, yeah. so the more room for much zombies, more supplies, much, much more supplies, much more room for things to do, and set up different shots. So, what did you think of the second film, Sierra? It was good, but actually, hmm, I'm trying to decide. I think it was better than the right now. I think it was better than Night of the Living Dead altogether because I feel like I don't know. What did you like about Dawn of the Dead? I. Liked how the characters I feel like in it were all more ethical. More ethical? Than the kind of stupid ones in Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, the the there were the Night of the Living Dead characters they did have a lot of infighting whether to stay in the in the basement or to stay in the main house of the farm. And they Even if they disagreed. Mm-hmm. They came to one conclusion. Right. Not just fought about it forever. True, and you know, in the original Night of the Living Dead, Harry did lock the door and wouldn't let Ben back in after Ben, you know, risked his life to go get gas and try to get medicine for his daughter. And when that plan went went you know went down the crapper, as they say, uh, he tried to get back in the in the house and Harry wouldn't open it. So Ben had to actually break the door down to get back in. So Which one a, is Ben? Is Ben? Ben was the main character. Ben was the uh, uh, main guy. Yep. So, which one was? Which one's last name was Cooper? Not sure, but I think it might have been Ben Cooper. I'm not positive, so it's not that important. Which one was the guy that was like, We gotta stay in the basement? That's Harry, yeah. That's Harry, yep. And his wife and his daughter in the, in the basement. Okay, it's Harry Cooper. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Continue. So, back on back to Dawn of the Dead. Um, what did you what was one of the biggest flaws you thought of Dawn of the Dead, or what didn't you care too much about Dawn of the Dead? Um. I didn't really like how the entire thing was about zombies, and at the very end, they throw in some motorcycle guys that just zoom around shooting people. So you didn't care for the raiders that came in on their motorcycles? No. Okay. I mean, it was okay. It was it was like fun to watch, but I don't really like it. Like. What about the start of the film? Did you like that part? Yeah. 
Well, no. Actually, it was kind of slow, but once you get mm-hmm. into it and really towards the end, actually, where the Raiders are there, it's actually kind of fun. So, actually, like, when it gets going a little more mm-hmm. and the girl, like, completely forgot her name, but she, like, learns how to shoot and fly the helicopter. Fran, yeah. Fran, she how to shoot and fly the helicopter and she becomes really good at it. Yeah, she does. So, like, um... Yeah, so it gets really good. But the start is very, very slow because it's like some guys just filling up some helicopter. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. It's been a, it had been a while since I've seen these films. I watched them a long time ago, probably when I was your age, maybe a little, a little older. Um, but you know, I, I was surprised at how long it takes them to get to the mall. Uh, because whenever I recalled, whenever in my mind when I called on the dead, I just think of the mall and the zombie in the mall. And there was, you know, the a whole satirical look at consumerism and and the whole f- the whole fun aspect of having it set in a mall. But I didn't, you yeah, know, I'd forgotten that they spend a good twenty five thirty minutes setting up um, the exposition of what how how it all took place. And um, yeah, know. they did, they did. But it's uh, and I agree, it's a little slow. They kind of could have chopped up a little bit, a little better in the editing bay and got things good. Uh, Sierra, how do you think, what what do you think uh, about the ethical morals of zombies eating their victims? I, okay, okay, hold on. I have something I want to say that I didn't like of Dawn of the Dead. Okay, shoot. I feel like when zombies like come back, mm-hmm. I feel like they'd be like, I don't know, very pale or something. Mm-hmm. And, which is kind of what I was imagining in Night of the Living Dead. But like when you get to Dawn of the Dead, their skin is blue. Blue. There is a bit Which of bluish is, tinge, yeah. I did not expect that. I yeah. don't feel like that was noise. I like. I, I like. I think like it would be better if it's like really, really pale, like really, right. really, really, well, really pale. You know, they really, kind of really had what they were working with at the time, and you you say that, although or like green. Yeah. Okay. Or green. Uh, you you mentioned special effects, and 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 yeah. it should be noted that Tom Savini was in charge of special effects on Dawn of the Dead, and Tom Savini is a master. I mean, he got his, that's where, you know, these dead films is where he got to start. Um, and in fact, he was supposed to do special effects for Night Living Dead, but then he got drafted over to Vietnam and he had to go over to Vietnam and, and fight for the, you know, in that war. And, you know, and he said later that the horrors that he saw in Vietnam helped shape his uh, special effects in creating monsters. And, you know, while we're just getting started on this journey, you, you'll hear the name Tom Savini again. He is a master when it comes to special effects and, Creating Am I telling me what other movies he might be in? I don't want to spoil the. Uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise. He's not an actor. He, although he did play a role, one of the Raiders in Dawn of the Dead, he is a special effects behind the scenes uh, crew member. He yeah. is the one responsible for creating the looks yeah. of the zombies. So, and he's gone on and, and and done a lot of things. And and we'll get there. And I'll point out as we go where Tom Savini's work is is in. But just know that he is one of the greatest special effects. Um, artist out there and he that's where this is where he gets a start so while you complain that maybe the color was a little blue you know they working what they got and you know he this guy who ended up doing that became quite an industry legend as it were i have a fun question for you sierra Mm -hmm. um in the movie dawn of the dead they take refuge in a um a mall which they consider to be, you know, a perfect place to stay because they got all of the food and the gourmet and sporting goods store, and they could really, you know, <laughs> sporting a, goods store. Yeah, there's a lot of place. You know, there's a good, if, you know, considering all the options, you know, staying holding yourself up in a in a mall is a pretty good, you know, location at the time because there's so many things to help 
you survive in a mall. You know, they had guns, they had, you know, ammunition. If if you're remaking Night uh, Dawn of the Dead today, where do you think would be a good location to hide out from zombies in today's world? Um, let me think about that. Uh, let me think about that for a while. I mean, I know how much you love pizza, so you're probably sitting there going, a pizza hut would be great. No, no, pizza hut would not be great. Fair enough. I mean, you got and it's a tough question because you got to think, you know, because you know, for the most part, malls are have gone the way of video stores, sadly, and uh, you know, there's not a lot of malls around that you can, you know, securely put yourself in. There are a couple of malls around, but they would take a long drive to get to one. I think the nearest one is around AMC. Yes, I mean for us locally, but I'm just saying in general in in society, where would you think? Would you like like an amusement park? I think it'd be fun to be in an amusement park these days. Like yeah, because you can steal all the cotton candy and stuff you wanted. Yeah, I mean Disney World. Then when you get bored, you can. I mean, kinda... there ain't that many healthy stuff. Yeah, well, there's not but healthy stuff, but you could still live off of it. Sure, and you know you can always then you can always get zombies on roller coasters and have them go through <laughs> the rides and. Or you could like break off a part of the roller coaster, have them go through it, and they would like die. Yeah. When they reach that certain part. Sure, or maybe they just you know put them on the but, roller coaster and then just you know have a machete and hang down, and then they come all over the hill, whack their heads off and so. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like this amusement park idea. You like the amusement park idea? But I'd have to go with like a huge store, like Walmart or Target. Okay, a Walmart and Target. Yeah, I, I could see that. Very much in the same vein as a, a mall, but a little smaller and closed, and certainly a place that you can easily defend. So that's a, that's a good answer. And also, I really think that because. Also, you know how there's, like, aisles in Target and Walmart? Mm-hmm. Um, a good thing to do is you can, like, space out between the, like, move the food to different sides of the shelves and, like, look through and see if someone's on the other aisle so you can sure. go there and get it. So it's, like, very, I think it's very... Easily to defend, a nice place to defend. Excellent. Now, Sierra, did you have anything you wanted to add about the two films? Yes. As we wrap up? Yes? What's that? No. Which movie do you think had the best act, like, grasping the idea of a zombie, like, rising, a zombie uprising? What do you think that the way of clasping that idea? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, it's hard, uh, it's hard to go against Night of the Living Dead, the original zombie film. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're different. Even though they're, you know, part in the same universe, they're part the Romero's of the Dead series, you know, the original film... The zombies were caused by a, a space probe that went to Venus and came back and exploded in the Earth's atmosphere, and there was a high radiation that caused the dead to start rising. Um, and then for Dawn of the Dead, the cause of the zombies was a little more nebulous. They didn't really get into what caused it, and um, so it's hard to hard to know exactly uh, the two. I would say... But uh, no, the guy says, like, when there's no more room in hell, then they like, the famous, the famous walk the, the Earth. Yeah, there's no room in hell. The water, the famous line that was in all the trailers, uh, which is it actually it's kind of a funny, again, you know, uh, uh, you know, funny offshoot story there. The co-writer of the original film, Night of the Living Dead, John uh, Russo, uh, created his own zombie film and basically Dawn of the Dead sequel to Night of the Living Dead, and he used that line, and Romero sued him and forced him to stop using that line. When hell is full, the the dead will walk the earth. So, so it's interesting. Again, there's been so many sequels well, I get and it, remakes. That, like that line is like his line. Like that was sure. Oh, the biggest line. That is definitely. 
So is there anything else you want to um, talk about the zombie? If I had to pick one that like graphs the idea mm-hmm. of a zombie uprising, sure. I would have to go with Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Because I think like the idea like in Dawn of the Dead when you they already just got in the mall, like the zombies. Mm-hmm. They weren't growing more populated. It was already pretty popular to start out with. And sure. It just got slightly. But with Night of the Living Dead, it started off with just one. Then it went to two. Then to three. Then to four. Then gradually on until it got to like six million. <laughs> yeah, so. they kind of, they, they grew, you know, smaller, slower, um, slowly. Yeah. And it seemed like it was more, the more, uh, by the time we got to Dawn of the Dead, that film, once the the film the the um the, the plot, once the action started in that film, most of the zombie uprising was already going. It was in full full regale, so uh, it wasn't really the beginning of the uprising. It's more in the middle of the uprising. So, so you're looking forward. What um what are you looking forward to in terms of the next time? In terms of what kind of film that you'd like to see? Okay. I know I, this is a far, far away, way, way far off. Mm-hmm. But one I'm excited about seeing is Scream. Scream? Well, see, the problem with Scream is you can't just watch Scream without seeing all these films. That's that what I said. To. I know it's a way, 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 way off. Yes. But what I'm also excited for, and don't worry, I know you're going to say the same thing with Scream, that you need to like get, know all the other things first. Sure. I know you need to know all the other things first. And I might have to actually wait a while for this one. But I want to see it. It. Yeah. It. We'll certainly get there. I mean, Creepy, cra- creepy Clown is definitely a, I'm scared cer- of clowns. a genre. I cannot deal with clowns. I'm right. scared of clowns. I cannot deal with them. I will never go to a circus ever in my life. Oh. Clowns are scary. Well, then I know what we're doing this fall. We're going to go see a circus. No, you're not. We're going to no, get some clowns. Aren't. you want a clown at your birthday? Not. What if I dress as a clown? Would that be scary? No. Bad dad clown? No, it will be horrible. It would be horrible? Don't would that give you nightmares? No, so I would lock f- myself in my room and never come out. Gotcha. So uh, on a scale, let's let's rank each of the films. Night of the Living Dead, scale 1 to 10. What do you what do you feel? 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. And Dawn of the Dead, how do you feel about that one? 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Well, did you get any nightmares from either one? Did either one no. of them scare you enough that you weren't? Okay. Okay. Um, so kids your age in those tween years probably could handle the horror of those two films. Yeah, that those were not that scary. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have time to talk about today on this episode of Bad Dad Horror Podcast. Is there anything else you want to add, Sierra, before we... There is uh... nothing else I'd like to add. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us at Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm your host, John Couture. And I'm your co-host, Sierra Couture. And we'll we'll be be right back. back. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. (laughs) 